Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Kick 360 is back Tuesday edition from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Big show planned today. Coming up in 15 minutes, Glenn Gilbo, new to Outkick.com, SEC columnist for over 25 years. He'll join us. We'll preview, start to preview, Alabama Ole Miss, Arkansas, Georgia, and much more. Also recap. What was a crazy week across the SEC last weekend. And then John McLean of the Houston Chronicle, TexasSportsNation.com. He's covered the NFL for more than four decades. We will cover the NFL with him today. That's coming up at uh, the next hour. Gentlemen, what's Big up? show today, boys. It's a big show. We're ready. I like to say they're all big. Today, especially big. I thought about coming out of the gates and giving you guys the double bird, a la Eli Manning <laughs> last night. But then I thought to myself, Manning family, first family of football, I like to consider us sort of the first family of broadcasting. And I just like to be a little bit classier uh, than the Mannings than that. So I, I refrained wow. from giving Paul the double bird. You're all welcome. I could take it. Edgy Eli. Who would have expected Eli to, to be the, the edgy one? I have to admit, third episode of the Manning cast, I, I found an area of fatigue. And I got a little coverage discussion fatigue last night. I did like the discussion of quarter, quarter, have, and how that is, can be hard to identify and tricky. Thought that was a little bit next level. But I did get a little bit tired of the constant coverage identification. I don't need to know it for everything. It's not that interesting to me after a certain point on a not specific, crucial situation with quarterback identifying and I could do with a little less coverage talk, even from two expert quarterbacks, one in the Hall of Fame, one maybe going. I could, I could, uh, I, I love when Peyton reads the suggestions he's getting, and Eli says, I'm getting no suggestions except bash you more. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of the show when they come out of the second half. Uh, but one of the suggestions I would give them is talk a little bit less coverage. Talk less coverages. Is your complaint with the broadcast? <laughs> I, like you're, you're really also looking for send something. Out, send out some damn kits to your guests so that Nick Saban is, A, lit. He doesn't look like he's at a mortuary. He's in his and office. And, B, sounds better than this. So that I can well, actually his, hear him uh, as if he's, like, part of the show. I enjoyed They the, sent stuff to, like, 150 draft picks, but they're not sending something to Nick Saban. Maybe it's part of the charm of the show. I don't find it charming you're, you're that I can't hear people. I could hear Nick Saban fine. You need to get your ears checked, much like your eyes. My ears you are good. Hear him. I thought that, I mean, the audio wasn't perfect, but I could hear Nick Saban the entire time. In his office, Paul, it does have sort of a mood lighting sensibility to it. 
It really does. Push the button. It's all Push like the button that turns mahogany, up the and hardwood. The it's very dark. I don't like know if you've ever club. seen a tour of his uh, of his office, but it, it's, it's got like a, a it's got a mood light feel to it. Um, I, look, I, I I enjoyed it. I, I like the yin and yang of Peyton and Eli and how over the top Peyton is. The way he has to gesture through everything and Eli doesn't move at all. I think the push pull of, of Peyton and Eli works really well. And I'll say this. I don't find LeBron James overly likable in most every interview. He was extremely likable with Peyton and Eli last night. Even his knowledge of football coming across, talking about what the Cowboys should do on that drive. I, I enjoyed it. Hutton? I, I didn't watch nearly as much as you guys did uh, of the Peyton and Eli broadcast. I, I, it was appointment viewing to watch Saban. Um, I picked up towards the end of the second quarter of that game last night. So, you know, uh, I'll tune in to some of the guest interviews, whatever they say. I love when they send out their, their list of guests and you get to compare and figure out what you want to watch, right? But um, I, I watched the majority of the second half where they were talking a lot of coverages. I'm all for that. Um, and I think the, the random viewing audience that's tuned in to that broadcast to hear two quarterbacks from the quarterback family discuss down and distance and tendencies uh, it's no different than Romo. If you don't like Tony Romo, it's because he's telling you what play is coming. They're doing the same thing, and then they're analyzing what they saw. I, I still uh, like it a great deal, and I think next week I will go through withdrawal, as will most of us. We've talked about our Twitter community is, is who's watching it, and it grew. It, all, it doubled in the second week. I'm curious to see how much it goes up this week and next week, and they're off, I think, for three weeks now, not back till week seven. I think there'll be a significant degree of withdrawal. Um, it was a bad game last night, too. Uh, I did love Peyton on the, on the clock mismanagement. Chad and I were critical of Mike McCarthy during what we managed to watch during Hard Knocks, which was brutal. Which was two and he episodes. came across like a galoot. And he was a galoot last night on the clock management. And, and he defended himself. And Jerry Jones defended him. Like, Jerry Jones' defense of Mike McCarthy's clock management was – Everybody makes clock management mistakes, which is not much well, of a defense. How you don't use timeouts to assure you get the ball back that where you could go down and, and have an attempt to kick a field goal is just saying, we're content with our lead. We're pretty confident that we're going to be okay. You take a chance to go score additional points at that stage, not knowing you're going to continue to blow them out in the second half. When you win the way they did, Jerry Jones is, com is content with anything. Yeah, yeah I think right. he'll he's apologize for any mistake. A after the game. Yeah, with a blowout win like that, he's going to apologize for any mistake. Eagles are terrible. Hutton, what did you think of Nick Saban since you tuned in for that? It was great. And, uh, look, he's, he is, um, he's on there the same reason Lane Kiffin wants those Recruit. two to, to call the Ole Miss-Tennessee game. He's on there to get the next Manning at Alabama. He didn't say hi, Arch. Uh, well, he's, he could have. Well, it would have been an NCAA violation, but he certainly could have. But, I mean, yeah, that was the legal way uh, to recruit Arch Manning. I mean, th th there's – make no bones about it. I, I still will believe that Arch Manning doesn't end up at Ole Miss when I see it. But all of these coaches are after the next Manning. I love, love, loved when Eli just dropped in there when Jalen Hurts made a throw. He said, noted Oklahoma quarterback <laughs> Jalen Hurts to Nick Saban was great. And Saban – I mean, Saban showed his sense of humor. He was laughing hard at some of the things they were saying to him. It, I think it works well. Yeah. Here's the, the two big you know, video. The two like, big video um, was excellent of Eli. Yeah, that was great. Hutton, you mentioned a, um, you know, a, more of a, a late night show feel to it at some point. Yep. When are they going to bring in just the Hollywood guests? You know, when is John Hamm, who's a big sports fan, going to be on there with them? When's the, 
uh, when they're weekly. Jason Aldean or the country music Please star no. that's a big Bruce Springsteen. It's, I don't know if Bruce Springsteen likes football or not. Whoever that guest is, when are those people going to start joining them? Because I, it, it's a cal- they get whoever they want. I think Hutton's right. I don't think it's people are saying no to weekly. All Eighteen and I, weeks. I foresee this being something that is not via Zoom. Uh, they will have these guests in person, which will be much better. You get two big guests a week, have them sit for a quarter and a half with them, and let them talk ball or anything else they want to talk about and in person. Yeah. I, There's I a reason why we were doing a local person. radio show on Zoom and refused to do it anymore and, and demanded that we be back in studio. Well, and so it's, it's Omaha. It's so much better in studio. It's Omaha Productions making the calls on this through Peyton Manning. So it's their decision to be separated right now. One in Denver, one in Jersey, doing this broadcast. So is that a setup to eventually get to what you're talking about, Hutton, or is there a method to this madness? Because I could see some fun with one guest that shows up with Peyton on his couch in Denver watching the game, talking, and then one guest in Jersey with Eli, or are they just going to a central location in L.A. or New York and bringing people on, you know, where they watch together each week. I wonder how much of it's a toe in the water to see how the whole thing goes before they would be in the in the same place yeah. together. Archie was there with with Eli yesterday. It made room for for Peyton to crack about him not coming to Denver, um, but it added something that two of them were together, even if it was a four minute piece of of the whole thing just coming out of halftime or whenever it was. Uh, and they talked about Olivia a lot. It'd be great for her to show. That would have been fun if she showed up on somebody else's couch. All of the media analysts are saying that this is just another, it is another chip to get Peyton on the color commentary for Monday Night Football. Oh, that's that's uh, dead and buried, I think. Well, no, they're they're looking, Paul, they're thinking years in advance here. They're going to move Monday Night Football back to ABC. There's already a couple of games on ABC. The rights will be up for bid again in 2023 or 2024, and that just so happens to be the same year that Peyton and Eli's contract expires with ESPN. But I think that he's doing this, and, uh, I mean, it's early still, obviously, but the reviews are really solid, and it's new and different, that that would feel like a backwards move to me. You're doing something new and different and edgy, and then you're going to go put on a suit and tie and go into the booth to stand uh, next to a traditional play-by-play guy. From a trendsetter standpoint. it's not Omaha Productions if you're doing From a hipster standpoint, yes. It's an artistic, futuristic step back. But from a cachet standpoint, Monday Night Football main broadcast, ABC, is not a step back. No. It is is a huge step forward for Peyton. It's not also his end game, as we always hear in the background. His end game is to be – John Elway with decision-making power. Right, and that, that he very mel- find a quarterback. That, that might be what happens here, right? What, what he wants to be in, uh, in ownership or in the front office. So something. this is a, a place-holding, fun thing to do in the meantime, keeping his – you know, he's obviously in contact with these people. He's having pre-production conversations yeah. that he's referring sure. to during the broadcast. So he's talking to NFL people – that he's going to need to have been in touch with when, if and when he gets that job. Doesn't it just come down to when does Peyton want to be put in an uncomfortable position again? Because Peyton has done whatever the heck he wants to do since retiring. He only does things out of convenience. He's in his garage, his man cave at home, doing this. He's going to Tennessee games when he wants. He's going to random NFL games when he wants. 
He's showing up at Denver Nuggets games whenever he wants. He's there at his kids' sporting events. To me, it's all about Peyton's convenience and when does he want to be uncomfortable again. That would be traveling with Monday Night Football on the main broadcast or being a, a, a partial owner, GM of a team. Watching When does prospects. he want to jump back into that? I mean, with Peyton, it may be – I mean, his kids are what, like 12 and 10? Right, could be five years from now. Could when be eight in. years from now when his youngest is graduating high school, and then he decides he wants to do something different. But he can also do whatever he wants, and he's doing that right now. This is exactly what he wants to do. I, I think if I saw him as an analyst in a regular booth, after, just after a taste of this, and obviously there's some time to determine it, I, I would watch him and say, I'd like to see him on his couch with Eli. I am looking forward to watching the normal broadcast again because I really like Lewis Riddick, and I think that's going to be the big takeaway now. You go back to watching regular Monday Night Football broadcasts, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, Lewis Riddick is great too. At half I hope that's at my half reaction. time you're going to say, I wish Bring the on Peyton were Eli. I think. How about the Cowboys? So Pretty how about good. them Cowboys? They are top they're they're Tom Brady away from being three and oh. Yeah. Tom Brady's last minute drive in week one. Uh in the epic finish. They did everything they could to win on the road. Uh Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Pollard, uh their wide receiving court. I mentioned this last week. They can beat you in a multitude of ways, right? There's so many different aspects of the offense that are putting up points and yards and maintaining time of possession. They did it again last night. Not a great Eagles team, but this is a two-and-one Cowboys team that should have, again, Tom Brady drive away last minute against uh, the Bucs in week one. Went on the road and won against the Chargers. We now know how good the Chargers are. And then beat the Eagles last night in easy fashion. The defense also did its part, which was the big question. And I think... Washington's defense is not as good as, as I was thinking it was not as, yet. as I put the football team in contention for this division. I think Dallas is looking like a team that could pull away in the NFC East. It's early, obviously. But like we're talking about here in Nashville, where the Titans, also only at 2-1, and one, have put themselves in really nice position where the AFC South might not be much of a battle in the long run. The NFC East might not be much of a battle in the long run, partly because Dallas is very good and partly because the other three teams are not good at all. Philadelphia last night, the three handoffs to running backs the whole yeah, time. Yeah, that, that was, was bizarre. Really and, and not the, very smart. The rest of the division is about what they were a year ago, and the Cowboys are the same except they have Prescott back. Which is that's monumental. That's the difference in the division right now. Coming up. We talk about the differences across the Southeastern Conference. Big matchups this week. Glenn Gilbo is about to join us. Uh, he was at Arkansas and A&M this past weekend. He's going to be at Alabama Ole Miss this weekend. We'll discuss both of those matchups and get his takeaways from the biggest storylines across the Southeastern Conference. NFL in hour number two, Tennessee Power Hour, coming up later in today's show. First, though, Toyo's Clinic, see better Look better. You know, I've received my LASIK surgery from Dr. Rolando Toyos, 2016. Zero issues since, 2015 vision. It's been awesome. With Toyos Clinic, you see better, look better. If you're ready to enjoy the freedom of not wearing glasses or contact lenses, do like I did. Visit the number one LASIK provider in Tennessee. There's three locations across Middle Tennessee. They also have a wonderful office in Memphis. Also an office 
in New York City, and now they offer the latest technology, Flapless LASIK. With Flapless LASIK, the very next day you can swim, work out, wear makeup. It is so accurate and convenient. Navy SEALs are getting this procedure. MMA fighters and boxers, they go right back into training. I was back to hosting the radio show right after my LASIK procedure. And a common misconception is that depending on your age, a remedy to upgrade your eyesight isn't always available. But with Dr. Toyo's ages 18 to 88, if you want out of your glasses, he can help you. Don't let eyesight and hair growth troubles hold you back. Visit toyosclinic.com. And the number right there on the screen, 800-603-1989. 1-800-603-1989. Toyo's Clinic. See better, look better. Time to talk some SEC football. Outkick 360 back across the Outkick Network, live from 6th and Peabody in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us across the network, whether that's in Florence, Alabama, Huntsville, Muscle Shoals, Knoxville, Tennessee, or anywhere you download your podcast. Pleased to welcome Glenn Gilbo to the show. He has joined Outkick recently, along with Trey Wallace. We announced Dan Dockich, a part of Outkick yesterday, and here's our first visit with Glenn Gilbo, who is a longtime SEC writer and reporter. He's covered LSU for over 25 years, also Alabama and Auburn. And now he writes all things SEC for OutKick.com. He was at Arkansas A&M last weekend. This week he'll be at the OutKick uh, tailgate event and uh, covering all things Alabama Ole Miss. That's where we'll be this weekend down in Tuscaloosa. Glenn, great to have you on the show, man, and welcome to OutKick. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Great to be here. How, how for real is Arkansas after seeing them in person? You know, I, I, think, uh, I think they're pretty good. Um, whether or not they're in the upper echelon with, with Alabama, Georgia, Florida, you know, we're going to find out soon because, um, you know, we don't know how good Texas is. And Texas A&M does not look that good offensively uh, with their new quarterback. Uh, they look pretty bad. So, Arkansas may not have beaten a really good team yet, um, but they look good. They look solid. You know, we'll we'll find out this week for sure when they play at Georgia. Glenn, I want to ask you about accomplished coaches versus perfect fit. I think we saw one with Sam Pittman, or you saw one in that A&M game at Arkansas, a guy who had never been a coordinator. You cover one there at LSU with Ed Ogeron, who seems like the perfect cultural fit at LSU, Kirby Smart at Georgia, never been a head coach before taking that job. It's working out there. What do you think about those situations where schools went out and hired someone that didn't have that head coaching pedigree, but for the most part, it's worked out very well? Well, you know, I I think that's just kind of window dressing, really, because you know, probably the greatest coach LSU ever had in football was not a cultural fit at all. I mean, Nick Saban, he's not a restaurant guy. He's not a crawfish guy. You know, I mean, he has nothing in common with Louisiana other than, I mean, he was kind of from a small town in, in West Virginia and, and uh, you know, he, he was a great coach, no history with Alabama, um, you know, didn't grow up in Alabama and he's the best coach Alabama's ever had, arguably. So I, I just, I just don't know about that. I mean, sometimes it's cool. It makes for good talk, but um, you know, um, LSU's other great football coach, Paul Dietzel was from nowhere near here. Um, 
uh, I think it can be it can be fun. You know, Coach Orgeron, that that works. That he, he got a lot of mileage out that out of that, and uh, it might keep him for a while longer than if he wasn't from here. If he continues to go south a little bit, but um, you know, I, I just I just tend to think a, a you know a good coach is a is a good coach regardless of where they used to be. Well, in one common denominator, I think it's it's less about accent when I say cultural fit. And more about understanding the job, the challenges, the advantages in the recruiting territory. I mean, you know this with Ed Ogeron, but Sam Pittman, having coached at Arkansas before and building up a lot of relationships, knows where to go in recruiting. And certainly Kirby Smart, uh, even at Georgia, which is a top three or four job nationally, has even exceeded expectations at Georgia in recruiting. So what do you think about that element with those three coaches I mentioned? Well, I think I think Sam Pittman might just be a better coach than the previous two coaches uh, Arkansas had. I, I think is 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 more of it. I mean, it, it helps to know the recruiting territory. Uh, coach O certainly knew that, but you know, at LSU, recruiting is not the problem. Uh, Les Miles wasn't from here, and he recruited really well, but player development started to become an issue. Having good coaches on the staff instead of just coaches who can recruit. That that's a problem I think Coach George Ron's having now, and 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 less had, but uh, you know the, those things you say help. But I mean the, the reason Kirby's winning at Georgia is is not because of his familiarity with the territory. It's because he's a good coach. No shame in losing at Penn State as Auburn did, and lots of shame in almost losing to Georgia State. Um, Bench the quarterback. That makes sense. Does firing the wide receivers coach make sense? Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a strange one. But I can, I can see where he's coming from because Coach Keesaw, who we replaced him with, he probably would have hired him to begin with if he had not been up for the Boise State job to, to replace Coach Carson. Um, so he hired him as an, an as an analyst, and I think. Cornelius Williams, like we just said, I mean, he's an assistant who's really known for recruiting. And I think Coach Harson just is having some issues on offense. And I think he replaced him to help himself because he needs more help in game planning and, and how to how to score in the red zone or how to get some offense going. So I, I think it was a good move by uh by Coach Harson. I do usually, you know, the wide receiver coach really doesn't matter. They're usually a recruiter. You know, if you have a great offensive coordinator, the wide receiver coach shouldn't matter. But the offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, uh, you know, he, he's obviously struggling. He struggled in, in that game. So he's about to get some help, whether he likes it or not. Glenn, that entire Auburn offense needs a boost. Can, can T.J. Finley do that? And going to LSU, where he grew up, what, 50 miles from campus, what kind of setting would that be for Auburn at quarterback with the backup starting? Mm -hmm. Well, you know that would that would be great cinematically uh, for for the kid who left LSU to come back and start at, at LSU. I, I think it could happen, but um, you know he he is not a great quarterback. He certainly played well in in that situation. Um, I think you might see uh, Auburn uh, go ahead and start Bo Nix, and then if he struggles again, come in with quick with TJ. That that might be better because TJ might be a little too pumped up. Uh, to start the game at, at home. But he certainly played well in, under pressure um, to, to get the, you know, scrambled. He, he did a 98-yard drive. He threw the touchdown, and he came back after throwing a bad pass. 
so he performed in the clutch. He des- definitely deserves to start. I think you'll see both of them play. And, um, you know, LSU has the type defense that can get Auburn's offense going again. Glenn Gilbo with us from OutKick.com, SEC columnist and writer. Uh, he will be covering Alabama Ole Miss this weekend. But you certainly know LSU well, Glenn, uh, over 25 years covering that program. What, what is the, what's the setting like around Coach O this season? How big of a win was it last week for LSU? And what type of pressure is now on Coach O in 2021, if, if much at all? Give, give us the setting there because we're discussing it here from afar, from that 30,000-foot view. Yeah, well, you know, he, he went 5-5 five and five last year, so that means he can't really be close to uh, five losses again this season. I believe, and, um, you know, he was fortunate to beat Mississippi State. That was a, a, a huge win, and Auburn is, is is not a great team. I mean, they're not as good as I thought they were a couple of weeks ago. I thought they could have beat Penn State, but LSU should be able to – this is a toss-up game between two average teams, I think. If LSU wins this game, that they might be in pretty good shape to for Orgeron to keep his job. Because then they have – they go to Kentucky, which – you know, that's another kind of break-even game, but definitely not a game you can just say LSU's going to win. Then they have Florida at home, and then the, the schedule gets tougher with with Alabama and Ole Miss. I mean, it, it's going to be close. If he's in that 8-4, and 7-5 and five range, particularly if he's 7-5 and five or less, it, it could be trouble for him. It could be trouble for him. Um, there's just goodwill does not last long no matter uh, national championship delivery or not, no matter how much of a fit. Yeah, we talked about the cultural fit with Nick Saban not, not being that big a deal. There's no better cultural fit than him right. in Baton Rouge. Exactly. But uh, uh, just a few years removed from national championship, and you think there won't be any hesitation to call for his ouster? Uh, from the fans, no, I, I don't think so. That if, 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 he, uh, you know, if he starts – if he loses three of his next four games or something like that, that they're not going to care where he's from. Uh, but, but, you know, he's been through this before he, in, in 2017, he lost big at Mississippi state and he lost to Troy, a 20 point underdog. And he, he came back, he upset Florida on the road. He upset Auburn at home and, and then he won nine games. So he, he's done it before. Uh, and uh, he, he's kind of in that situation again. What do you think about the job? You mentioned Kentucky, and they've got Florida this week. What do you think about the job overall that Mark Stoops has done at Kentucky? And is it worthwhile for him to look at a bigger, better job? Or is that now a job at Kentucky where he has such security long-term that he shouldn't consider leaving? Yeah, you know, 15, 20 years ago, coaches left uh, would, would think about leaving Kentucky if they won like Coach Stoops has, or, or Lane Kiffin, if, if he starts winning at Ole Miss. But, you know, those coaches make a lot of money now, too. The the uh, the average to smaller programs historically, like in the SEC, they're paying their coaches more. So sometimes it's worth it to, to stay, um, but or, or at least they'll stay longer. Uh, but I think Mark Stoops is a great coach. I've always ranked him very high when I rank the SEC coaches because um, – you know, Kentucky's not a brand name in, in football. It's a tougher job than, than other places. And he's been pretty consistent there. Very impressive coach. I mean, and that, that's a tough game for LSU. 
to go into Kentucky. It usually is. And even when Kentucky's not that good. Uh, but I, I think Stoops is a very impressive coach. Uh, but, you know, if, if he starts, if he kind of, if he, let's say he gets through the SEC championship game one year, or gets close to it. I would say eventually he'll, he'll probably leave. But, you know, Lane Kiffin, he, he, he could stick around at Ole Miss for a while unless he gets hired at Alabama. Glenn, Lane Kiffin's offense last year against Alabama put up nearly 650 total yards. Matt Corral threw for like 350 in that game. They lost 63-48. Why is this year different? Why can this year be different for Ole Miss against Bama? Well, Ole Miss gave up eight consecutive touchdown drives in that Alabama game last year, and they, they just couldn't couldn't quite keep up offensively. I think, I mean, we really don't know about Ole Miss because they hadn't played anybody good yet, but it looks like they're playing a little better on defense, and they're just as good on offense, if not better. Um, and, and Alabama looked a little human in, in barely beating uh, Florida two weeks ago, and they, they probably should have lost that game. So, um, you know, and, and I think uh, Alabama might be a, a tad down from last year, and Ole Miss might be a little bit up. And Ole Miss gave Alabama their best game last year. So, so this year, it, it could happen. I mean, they're getting close. And, and Lane Kiffin is just really a heck of an offensive coach, and he's going to have something for Nick. Um, I, I would say they have a chance of winning. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it, but, but I would not be surprised if Ole Miss upset Alabama. Corral went uh, at California High School, played against Bryce Young while Bryce Young was in high school in California. Now Corral's the Heisman favorite. It's early in the season, but he's the Heisman favorite. What can Bryce Young do for his Heisman chances Saturday night? Well, he hasn't been throwing it as much as Matt, but uh, you know he, he, he'll have to, to to win this game. So if he, if he can outscore uh, Ole Miss, I mean, he, he might go up a, a, as a favorite in the Heisman. But it's going it's to be that type of game, and I think those two quarterbacks will likely be battling for the Heisman uh, throughout the season. And, um, you know, the winner of this game will, will have a lead for a while, but that could change. I mean, there's still plenty of game. The point spreads are similar in, in both of these two big SEC games this weekend. Which one is closer, Glenn? Ole Miss, Bama, or Arkansas and Georgia? Wow. Um, you know, I'm not impressed with, with Georgia's offense. Um, so they could – you know, they could win a low-scoring game with their defense, uh, whereas the Alabama-Ole Miss game could get out of hand. I, I would I would say the Georgia-Arkansas game will be closer, uh, but the Alabama-Ole Miss game might be more exciting. You must really love Vanderbilt's defense. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a, a lot of teams, a lot of bad offenses can have put up a lot of points against Vanderbilt historically. Yeah, we know it. Florida. Are you are you buying Florida right now? I am. I am. I, I really am. The way the way they had Alabama going in the wrong direction and, and misguessing and, and uh Alabama defensive players were grabbing their knees in the fourth quarter. They got tired in the second quarter after three and outs by Alabama's offense, three three and outs by Alabama's offense. I think Dan Mullen called a heck of a game until that two point conversion. And if they make the extra point, he doesn't even have to do that. But um, yeah, I, I think I actually in the in my poll, um, I have Alabama one, Florida two in the SEC. 
With great money, Glenn, comes great expectations. And Jimbo Fisher is making great, great, great money at Texas A&M. And 10 points against Arkansas in a loss and 10 points against Colorado in a win is not ultimately going to cut it uh, for the Aggies head coach. Is this simply a bad quarterback situation right now with the injury to Haynes King for Texas A&M? Or is there something deeper happening there with Jimbo Fisher and that Aggies program? Well, you know, his, uh, his, his first quarterback was pretty young too. Uh, but Zach now definitely had the, the Brook Trout look at Arkansas. He was just a little lost out there. And A&M's offensive line is not great, but, um, you know, Jimbo's a great quarterback coach, but, you know, he, so far he's been a disappointment. I mean, look at, looking at his salary. I mean, they had a good year last year, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, um, he's really not much better than, uh, than what Kevin Sumlin was at, at A&M right now. I mean, he, uh, he's not taking that, that jump. So I, I thought Jimbo would have been doing better by now. Um, he, uh, he's got to upgrade the, uh, the quarterback recruiting and, and development and, um, and get that offense going. Cause it, I mean, it, it looked pretty bad. I mean, he, he had a field goal and a long run and that, that was it against Arkansas. Glenn Gilbo, our guest, Glenn, give us an idea of what you're working on for, for outkick.com as we move forward to Alabama Ole Miss on Saturday. Well, just did did a column that that just went up on uh, Outkick about Auburn uh, firing its wide receiver coach, which was kind of a unique thing so early in the season. And then uh, the rest of this week, I'm be writing a lot about uh, Lane Kiffin and 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 Coach Saban and the uh, uncanny 0 and 21 or 22 record uh, Coach Saban's assistants have against him. <laughs> That's just never happened and. And uh, and most of them, they're not even close, you know, and uh, and also, uh, you know, Saban has um, has been kind of a um, a rehab center for for coaches, yes. if you will. Sarkeesian had some issues, rebuilt his career under Saban, Lane Kiffin, the same thing. And there's a, there's a couple other ones, too, who you might not know as much about. I'm going to be writing about that later in the week as well. Glenn, hope to see you there uh, in Tuscaloosa. Outkick's headed that way for the tailgate show and much more. So uh, we will see you there uh, um, over the weekend. And uh, we appreciate the visit today. Welcome aboard. And uh, we will have you on again next week, hopefully. Enjoyed it. Okay, thank you. I hope to see you Saturday. Thanks, Glenn. Same here. Glenn Gilbo has been our guest. Uh, high on Florida. Same as you, Chad. Yeah, I mean, the, the Alabama them. game and, uh, honestly, the, the Tennessee game. Uh, with the, with how they handled the adversity early. Yeah, because, you know, Tennessee's got a field goal to tie it at half, and, and the way they adjusted, uh, Tennessee's probably not deep enough, quite frankly, yeah. to adjust to any great level, but the way they adjusted and came out in the second half and, and smacked Tennessee in the mouth on a, on a big run drive I thought was impressive. Uh, Florida has got dudes on defense. They've got an offense that's difficult to stop. It's difficult to predict who's running the ball every play especially the way Emory Jones is playing. I, I think Florida, that cocktail party, Hutton, that I'm, I'm fingers crossed will be at without kick the tailgate in Jacksonville against Georgia, that could be a war and, and not some, you know, Georgia looks like the best team right now in the East, no doubt, but I think that could be a war between those and two not teams. Not an Arkansas buyer yet. Not yet, but like uh, even it goes back to my mantra, it's not if you lose, it's how you lose. Yeah. If they play Georgia tough and close, 
there will be a lot of people. Well, I'm one of them. There'll be a lot of people like Glenn too that will be buying Converse. Arkansas. Yeah, and they've got two two big ones. And and you know, Auburn the third week isn't isn't a bad game for them to establish something in, even if Auburn's bad, right? That'd be a good win still. I want to talk a little bit about Arkansas also and some advice for Arkansas fans moving forward with Sam Pittman. Razorbacks football next on OutKick 360. First, though, Aurora Nutrisigns, the grab-and-go packs, the vitamin C, glutathione. I grab these each morning on my way to work. Uh, you can do the same. Vitalifescience.com is the website. And Aurora Nutrisigns. They keep you mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. You're seeing vitalifescience.com right now. This is where you can see more information. Outkick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code Outkick360. Typical pills and capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks these pills down until there's little left for your benefit. But here's Aurora. Unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I personally use the vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione. Again, simple, single-use package you can grab and go in the mornings. They taste great, too. I, I, you're probably thinking it, the taste has to be horrible. It's not. The vitamin C, to me, tastes like Sunny D growing up. I mean, it's, it's delicious. And uh, you can see more information, vitalifescience.com. And again... 15% off with the code OUTKICK360, VitaLifeScience.com. NFL discussion in 12 minutes, OutKick360 across the OutKick network rolls on from Old Smokey and Yeehaw, their venue, 6th and Peabody in downtown Nashville. This song was my view of the South when I was young. This song right here? This yeah, is it? 38 special. That, that was the South to me. You weren't watching Dukes before of Hazzard I, or anything I like met that? My, before I met my sister-in-law from Augusta. Tell me, Augusta. Wait a minute. Tell me how you got introduced to 38 special. It was on rock radio in the North. Okay. Well, okay. I was, I was yeah. afraid that you heard it through Revenge of the Nerds, no. and that also colored your view of the, <laughs> well, of I, the I, South. Well, now that you mention it, I heard it there too, but I didn't, that was not my, my primary. I, I, and I liked it. I mean, that's a guitar-driven rock and roll. I'm all about it. Uh, Chad's view of the South right now is in Arkansas. He has he has some yeah, advice, he wants to advice for Arkansas Kansans. Razorbacks fans. My advice to Arkansas fans: enjoy the hell out of this and know that it's not going to be routine um, because you're Arkansas <laughs> and you're in the SEC West. And I say that because Lovingly. there are plenty of programs that have experienced a lot of success. You saw some of this with Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. They'd have an eight-win season back-to-back -back years. Then they'd go five and seven. And suddenly Dan Mullen, you know, wasn't good enough for Mississippi State fans. Um, I don't want Arkansas to get in that position. And I'm not saying that Sam Pittman isn't setting this program up to have success in the SEC constantly, year after year. But being a top-10 team nationally starts to come to an end this weekend, I think, at Georgia. But I would just say enjoy the ride. Know that it's a lot better than what you had with Chad Morris. Uh, those back-to-back -back years not winning an SEC game. And it can sustain itself to some level of success. But this is not an Arkansas program that's suddenly going to be in contention with Alabama, LSU, A&M, Auburn every year in the SEC West. It's just not going to happen. I also love these words from Sam Pittman. He was in a press conference and he says, talking about motivation, says, I don't think you can reach your full potential out of fear. 
I think that you can out of want to. This is his coaching philosophy. This is what he's brought to Arkansas. And every coach that goes up against Arkansas says there is something different about that team and how hard they play and how they play with a trust in their head coach. And that's pretty special. That's not constant across all of college sports. You're seeing that with Arkansas. So again, I'm not trying to kill any momentum with Arkansas fans or anything else. I'm just saying, enjoy it now. Don't second guess it later when things aren't quite this good. I know you sandwiched that very nicely with uh, enjoy it and enjoy it, but in the middle, you didn't really sound like you thought that they were going to be enjoying it. Well, I don't think they're going to be – they're not going to be undefeated this year, so it's not going to continue the rest of the way. I'm just saying there is something very likable about this Arkansas team. There is something about Sam Pittman and his story that is great, and it's attracting recruits. So enjoy that part of it, but don't start to convince yourself that why, why can't why we us? be Alabama yeah. no, at Arkansas? You're just not, not to going be. to be Alabama at Arkansas. It's just not going to happen, regardless of how much fun you're having right Wasn't now. Wasn't it fun to hear Glenn say he was not, he's not into Georgia's offense, which is completely understandable, after they went 28 nothing in four seconds and scored 62 points? Well, he must have just watched the second quarter of that game. <laughs> Because it was 35 nothing after one quarter, which set all sorts of records. First time it's happened since the 90s in an SEC game that a team scored 35 on an they, SEC opponent in one quarter. Up. And they scored three points at the second quarter. They didn't quarter. play an SEC team last no, Saturday. I, it was 38 nothing. How that. about Vandy going from that to, uh, I think they're a 14 or 16-point favorite this weekend. That, that was a mind-blowing point spread when I saw that come out. Yeah. Just to think about UConn. how – horrendous UConn is Good old loose that they're a double-digit underdog to Vandy. That's Meanwhile, if Arkansas watch. pulls this upset at Georgia, no one's expecting this. By the way, it's at 11 a.m. kickoff, and ESPN slash ABC, they are sending their top crew. This it's will be inconceivable. This will be Fowler and Herb Street's game. It will be 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. Um, ESPN College game day will be there, and they're walking right from that set yes. to yeah, do no the game. plane ride for Kirk. They moved up eight spots in the AP Top 25 this weekend with their win, Arkansas. They went from 16 to 8. If nice. they beat Georgia, they, move they are right three. outside the top four. I don't know how far Georgia would fall. They're going to fall. But Iowa and Penn State, you would expect both win this weekend. Alabama, who knows what happens with Ole Miss. Arkansas could be right there on the doorstep of the college football playoff with a win. Well, and I had mentioned before, you know, before the games this past weekend that Penn State owned the two best wins in the country, winning at Wisconsin, beating Auburn. After results this weekend, with Wisconsin getting housed on a neutral field by Notre Dame, and Auburn should have lost to Georgia State. That's no longer the case. Arkansas has the two best wins in the country because they beat down a Texas team that has looked really good since. 70 points against going into the game, an undefeated Texas Tech team, 70-35 to they won. Then they beat A&M on a neutral field. A&M's offense looks miserable right now, but that's still a really good win win for Arkansas. That win less and less good, too. I mean, Arkansas, they absolutely should be a top five, top ten team based on what we've seen this year. This is where preseason poll bias comes in, and you keep the teams that you had ranked before the season higher. But Arkansas boasts the two best wins in the country right now. And a quote-unquote good loss to Georgia like you're talking about shouldn't hurt them very much. No, it won't. It won't hurt them all that much. Um, K.J. Jefferson propels himself into the national spotlight this week. He's sore from his game against A&M. Well, and Traylon Burks, too. And uh, same thing. Was was banged up after that game that's going to be they're going to have to be healthy 
obviously, in this game. I just still don't see a way they're scoring more than 14 points against this Georgia defense. I mean, if they're, if they're going to win and if they're going to threaten Georgia, it is going to be an old-school 1990s SEC defensive slugfest. Special slug teams defense score, maybe. John McClain is coming up. A lot to discuss, including the Rams being the team to beat in the NFC. In the AFC, it's wide open and some good play across the board from this past weekend. John McClain recaps NFL Week 3. We'll preview the end of the first quarter of the NFL season with John. That is all straight ahead on OutKick 360. Hang with us.